Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenreiter and welcome to the final word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And we have high energy, unbridled enthusiasm, and unstoppable momentum. And not necessarily in that order. We're live tonight. Let's get right to it. Tonight's three panelists, please welcome from our partner at DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dan Kovacevic. Albie, what was uglier, those tinfoil Monty Python helmets the Kings were wearing today at the arena? Or the way Jimmy Garoppolo slash Patrick Mahomes completely crumbled at the end of their playoff games. Also here tonight from the Trib and a Steelers radio host, it's Tim Benz. Well, Albie, the Cincinnati Bengals definitely deserve to win, but boy, did the Chiefs deserve to lose. <laughs> and from DK Pittsburgh Sports, it's Chris Carter back. Hi, Chris. I think one thing that should not be overlooked is two Pitt stars are about to go at it in, in the Super Bowl. Tyler Boyd and Aaron Donald got to be a good year for Pitt. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight. Five words on the search for a mobile quarterback. Your Super Bowl predictions. Tom Brady's retirement, the impact on Ben's Hall of Fame bid. Penguins, well, they got contracts for Latang and Malkin hanging out there. Plus, of course, your final word. We'll be talking about all that. But first, the night's big topic. The Bengals are the AFC champs. Of course, they come from the AFC North. What will it take? for the Steelers to close the gap with the Cincy Bengals, Dan. Well, I know that all of the focus is on Joe Burrow, and it should be. The problem is Joe Burrows don't come around even in every draft. There's a reason that he was deemed special. The reason, reason he was a universal consensus number one pick coming out of LSU. Those guys aren't there. What you can do if you're the Steelers, especially in a year like this where there isn't a quarterback like that out there, is build up your shortcomings, you know? Go get yourself an offensive line. The Bengals did it in the other direction. They got Burrow. They, they had no line in front of him, watched him blow his knee out, and then eventually got serious about what really mattered, and that was the O-line. Tim? Or you can trade for or sign a quarterback, yep. too, which I don't think they'll do, but that's the direction I would go because to answer the question to Dayon's first point, the biggest difference is Joe Burrow and the fact that they've got a Joe Burrow in Cincinnati and they don't have one here in Pittsburgh. They've got what they think is an answer in a different way in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, at least for now. And the Steelers are left woefully behind, not just in their own division, but also in the conference when you look at guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and all the other quarterbacking talent that we've seen. Although I will point out that one of the guys who might be available in the AFC did get his team to the AFC playoffs and came within an eyelash of at least mm. getting his team to overtime with the Bengals, and that's Derek Carr, and I don't think he would cost that much. And you could have him for a year and then see what you think in the offseason. Uh, Tim, what happened to what happened to Lamar Jackson whenever he lost Marshall Yanda and his offensive line? He ran around more. <laughs> he ran around like a headless chicken more, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is still a guy though, Dayon, that especially if and we're gonna get to this in a little bit, the owner wants a mm -hmm. mobile quarterback. Boy, he's mobile. Yeah. All right, Chris. 
I mean, one thing, we're talking about a gap between these two teams. Let's not forget that when you looked last year, did anybody think that the Bengals were just going to rise up and smack the Chiefs in the mouth in the AFC Championship mm -hmm. this year? No, no, no one was talking about that. This is a year-to-year -year league. We always see teams rise up, fall down. For all we know, the Bengals could, you know, could, could go in the next year thinking they're hot stuff and they get smacked. I, I think the, I think Dayon's on to something with the offensive line. I, I think that that's got to be a priority. I'm not so sure if you, Tim, I feel you that they do. It would help them to get a veteran quarterback or quarterback that can move. But here's the thing: I think that a lot of teams they know that that value and they are going to try to press the Steelers for any value the Steelers have a unique situation where they finally have some sa some salary cap space you can sure up the offensive line with two with two signings maybe a first round draft pick you could get a top cornerback in free agency you'd give yourself a lot of options make this team about running the football playing great defense and then bringing a quarterback and see what you see what you're working with next year but draft tackles in the first round ever anyway nah, I know? like I mean, that I like that 21 on defense for Cincinnati who's he <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on what Art Rooney's desire for a mobile quarterback means for who will be the next QB. Malik Willis equals Josh Allen. That's from oh. Twitter. <laughs> okay. A little much. S someone other than Mason Rudolph. And we're trading for Lamar Jackson. That's what he oh, thinks yeah. it means. <laughs> Day and Tim and Chris, uh, five words. What, what does his desire for a mobile quarterback means for who will be there next year? Well, I, I'll say it's how about an offensive line? I, I'm sorry. I just think this is what this is all about. When you're Art Rooney and you sit there in that room last January, last January, and tell, tell us that you're going to be so serious, everything is all about improving the running game, and then you go and you get yourself that first-round running back, and then you do nothing. You do absolutely nothing to address your offensive line other than uh, signing Trey Turner late in the process and sitting on $10.5 million in cap space by the time the season's done. That tells me you're not serious. You know, why would we even talk about the quarterback? Tim, five words. Mason is mobile, I guess guess a little bit because I don't see them going in a different direction as much as I might want them to I don't think they are going to uh, I guess the second choice is they could trade up to get Kenny Pickett or something like that but uh, my hunch is they're probably gonna go with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins both are a bit more mobile than what naysayers say about them but I don't think they're mobile enough to be all that much more of a difference than what we saw last year more mobile than Roethlisberger sure but not a ton Five words, Chris. Duh, it just makes sense. First of all, Rooney even clarified, he's not talking about Lamar Jackson and Malik Willis or Michael Vick. He's just talking about, hey, don't be a statue. Ben was just, he can't take advantage of what's in front of him this, this past year, past few years. If you just have a guy, heck, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Guy's not mobile, but he's able to keep himself alive. That's all they're looking for. And again, the Niners assigned that if you have a good defense and you can move the ball a little bit with, with your run game, you can compete in this league. And I think they have the stars to do that on defense. All right. Thanks, everybody. Still to come, give us your Super Bowl predictions. The first social media response with a real prediction came from uh, Kane 1 Drew. Rams 31, Bengals 24. More on that topic when the final word continues. This is the final word. 
Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Dan Kovacevic, Tim Benz, Chris Carter. All right. Super Bowl 56 is set. Chris Carter, give me, give all of us your prediction. Ah, my brain says Rams, but my gut says Bengals, and here's why. The Rams <laughs> should absolutely devastate the Bengals' offensive line. And one thing that the, that the Niners were able to do, uh, do that the Bengals don't do is they have the quick passing game. They get the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. That's why you didn't see Aaron Donald tearing him up. That's why you didn't see Von Miller tearing him up, which ended a six-game sack streak for the, for the edge rusher there. But I do think that, he, that, that, that there's another essence of this, that the Rams have not played – four-quarter football in this win streak that they've developed to get to the Super Bowl here. The Bengals haven't either, but you've seen them come back late, and that, to me, is a big threat. If the Rams don't close the, 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 the deal in the fourth quarter, Joe Burrow will find a way to get them back in it. All right. Johnny Hill on Facebook says, Rams-Bengals in a low-scoring game. Bengals win. On to Dan. Well, Joe Burrow's already had one playoff game where he was n sacked nine times and won. I don't think he's going to have two of those. Uh, we saw uh, today what San Francisco did to try to contain Aaron Donald and did for the most part. His numbers were low, obviously came up with a huge play there at the end. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati has that weaponry. Their offensive line is much improved from what it was last year when they were getting Burrow killed every other game. But it's not going to be enough for them to win this game. I really believe that. I think not only is L.A. going to be able to go after Burrow, but they're going to contain Joe Mixon, and that's going to be the difference. Super Bowl prediction, Tim. Rams 26, Bengals 27, Bengals Super Bowl champions. Get used to saying it and get used to that yeah. icky feeling in the back of your throat there. Uh, I think they do win. I think they win a close one. I like them to cover if they're getting points. I think they're getting three and a half, the early line I saw. And uh, don't pay any attention to the fact that it's in L.A. My goodness, it was in L.A. today, and it sounded like it was in San Francisco. Like, the funny part about it is the only time it really sounded like a home game is when they went RCA Dome from the year 2005 and started piping in all the extra noise, and the PA guy was screaming, and you heard all sorts of, like, special effects. But when it came to the crowd... It was all San Francisco, and, you know, we saw it when it was in Tampa. You're not allowed to do all the nah. fun home field stuff. Like, they couldn't even fire the cannons. They the were waiting scored. to play Renegade like they did the one time. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, is Tom Brady finished, or was yesterday's report by ESPN, was it premature, was it inaccurate? What does this all mean? So, Tim, right back to you. What's your take on Brady's retirement and the report that he was retiring and if it affects Ben Roethlisberger's timing of getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't I, first of all, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know what to believe out of it. As far as the Ben Roethlisberger retirement stuff in the Hall of Fame, um, I hope it doesn't change anything. I don't think it will change anything. I think whoever gets on the cusp of the ballot is going to have to wait two years, essentially, uh, aside from maybe one or two guys, because it's going to be Brady if he retires, Ben, Adrian Peterson, and if Gronk goes out with Brady, then Gronk too. Uh, I just can't wait for Canton. When all the Steelers fans are all liquored up in advance of Ben's induction speech, oh they yell and scream and shout through Ben's induction speech, and then how ugly it's going to get in the stands. It's going to be like an actual game when Gronk and Brady are getting inducted and Steelers fans start chanting Spygate or Deflategate or whatever, because you know it's going to happen. <laughs> all right. All right, back to uh, Twitter. Until I hear it from Brady, He's not retiring. Uh, Chris, do you think he'll retire? And if he does, how will it affect Ben in the Hall of Fame? Well, here's one thing to remember. 
about about this whole situation. Tom Brady, he has seven Super Bowls. He has all these passing records. What's the one thing that he hadn't done was make Adam Schefter look bad, which is what I think he was trying to do this whole time. He faked out Adam Schefter, made him send out the bad tweet, and then he said, now I'm back in the game. But in all seriousness, you look at the situation, and I think Tom Brady certainly was considering it. But when he heard this and it was getting out of his camp, he wants to control his message. He wants to be the person that says, I'm going to retire, and he com comes it out. I think that there's a chance there. He does come back now, maybe to spite things and say, hey, I did say I wanted to play at 45. He's thinking about it. But like he said, there's family to consider. He's done a whole lot. And I think a bigger situation is what does the Bucks GM do? Can they reload a little bit? Because they got a lot of serious free agent questions. All right, Dan. Now, Brady's done. Uh, he's got a $15 million bonus that he can get by waiting another week. That's all this is about. When they get to Canton, uh, I have a feeling that David Baker and all the really intelligent people that are running that place up there are going to have the common sense to avoid the scenario that Tim described, which I'm sure is what would happen. Or, worse yet, Ben gets done, Brady's coming later, and half the place leaves. You don't want that. You can stagger them on different days. We saw them do something similar here uh, in, in trying to make up from the coronavirus situation. So I, I think that'll be fine. You can have them in the same ceremony, just not the same days. So you don't think the Steelers will sign Brady, Dan? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're after hey, Garoppolo now. <laughs> I suggested it a couple years ago, and I was told I was a jerk for even bringing it up. So. All right, call me a jerk. <laughs> uh, one more topic tonight, the Penguins and their future of two-thirds of their core. Penguins locked in Jeff Carter for two more years day, and uh, how do you see now Latang and Malkin in those contract situations playing Well, Carter out? doesn't have any impact from what I've been told inside the organization. Hey, come what on, man. What you're looking at here is a, a situation where Malkin and Latang are going to get money that's not all that different than what they're getting now. Malkin's going to take a pay cut. Latang's going to stay around the same. You didn't even mention Brian Rust, who's only scored all of the goals since the Jeff Carter contract was signed. Uh, Rust needs to be kept, too. So they have some tough decisions to make this offseason. You know where I would start at the risk of changing the subject? I would wish Kasperi Kapanen hail and farewell. All right. Back to Twitter. One will stay, one will go. Tim, your thoughts on this? Well, if it's one stays and one goes, I bet you it's easier to keep Malkin in the long run than it is Latang because Latang can ask for more and probably could and should ask for more. Uh, Carter is nice insurance if they can't figure out a way to keep Malkin. Uh, so you have a center that's still there, but it says nothing or does nothing to buffer the potential loss of Malkin. Although, I'll go back to Dayon's point. I think if there's a trickle effect to be had, it's more about Brian Rust than it is these mm -hmm. two. All right, Chris. I mean, the, the whole thing, first of all, Dan, I protest. Carter does have a big impact. I have a great impact on this show, so stop coming at me like that, man. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, the, the whole idea here is you want to keep this quarter get, together as much as possible. You got Crosby locked up. You, if it comes down to the one or two guys, obviously, you got to stick with Malkin, but you got to find a way to keep Russ. They've got Gensel for another few years. I like the idea of keeping Jeff Carter around. I think he adds, he, he does add to the chemistry. But, man, you, you want to find, find some of the younger guys to stay on this roster to still give you the boost down the ice to be able to put pressure and keep, keep other teams on the other end of the ice, that's going to be tricky for those guys to figure out how to sign those guys and keep them long-term. All right. Thanks, guys. When we come back, around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Chris Carter, you're first. 
A lot of people are making a whole bunch of noise about, oh, why is Kevin Colbert getting one more draft if you know it's his last year? Okay, first of all, stop it. If you're saying that, you don't understand that the process to the draft begins immediately after the last one. The, the entire scouting process the Steelers have been putting into play for Kevin, Kevin Colbert has basically driven started way back in May of, May of last year. So all this is is just Kevin Colbert being at the top and seeing it through. But... I think that the, the other part here is that the guy that everyone thinks is the next guy up, Brandon Hunt, the guy who's, who, who does the scouting, he's been very involved in the process for years now. So this is going to be about him being next to Colbert, seeing the process, and then when it's all over, the reins get handed over to him and they move forward. We'll see if that changes. The Raiders did interview him, but I think they're in, they're in fine shape. Dan, final word. Well, if he's in-house, Carter, he's going to be hired. Uh, looking at ties. Looking at the football ties and all that discussion that's been going on for the past couple of weeks, and today the Bengals strike one for justice because they get the football and they show that the defense can overturn the coin flip. The process still stinks. It's still a lousy way to settle a football playoff game. It's going to come back to bite the NFL. The only overtime that's done right in any sport is hockey's. Why? Because all they do is say you play till somebody wins. If I'm doing NFL overtime for playoffs, you're playing a full quarter. Normal football, no gimmicks, no nothing. If you don't get it settled in one quarter, you play another full quarter. All right, thank you for that. Tim, final word. Yeah, anytime I bring up the prospect of the Steelers getting a veteran quarterback and I say Rodgers, Wilson, uh, Derek Carr, I get, no, too expensive. No, just get Marcus Mariota or Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I, I don't think you go dumpster diving for the quarterback. You know, maybe a guard, maybe a linebacker or something, but not the quarterback. Look, we don't have to apply a pirate mentality to the Steelers quarterback position. Just because daddy and grandpappy had to go through Cliff Stout and Mark Malone and Dave David Woodley and Todd Blackledge doesn't mean you have to. I mean, this is a different era. Quarterbacks move now. They didn't move back then. It's time to think differently in 2022 instead of it being 1984. Kent Graham takes umbrage at the omission there, Ben. Oh, gosh, don't, don't bring up that. <laughs> That's what I remember clearly, so I was trying to. The award-winning star-studded, curiously edgy, and ridiculously highly rated final word. We'll take a break for the Winter Olympics. NBC coverage from Beijing starts Thursday, and for the next three Sundays, the ridiculously highly rated final word will not be on what? the air. Hello. No worry not. When the Olympics conclude, we'll be back in this same time slot February 27th. Until then.